From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. A major new study has found that the therapeutic use of the illicit drug MDMA, more commonly known as ecstasy, could cure people suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. The landmark findings could radically change the way PTSD is treated. Now, an Australian psychologist is finally embarking on Australia's first ever clinical trial using the drug. Today, contributor to The Monthly, James Bradley, on the healing power of MDMA and why Australia has been so slow to explore its possibilities. It's Monday, September 20. James, the last time we spoke, you were talking about your experience using psychedelics to treat depression. Since then, you've been looking at other mental health treatments that also use illicit drugs. Can you tell me about what you've been looking into, what researchers are finding? Yeah, look, it's really fascinating. There's been research going on for about 20 or 30 years into trying to use MDMA in particular kinds of therapeutic contexts. Well, a new study published in Nature Medicine shows that for people suffering with severe PTSD, the benefit of talk therapy could be greatly improved with an unlikely drug. The big thing that's happened recently is that in June, there was a major study published looking into the use of MDMA with patients suffering from PTSD. It involves using a club drug known as MDMA or ecstasy paired with regular therapy sessions. Some of the clinical... The authors hope it will lead to an FDA-approved treatment for PTSD by 2023. It was a really major study. It was spread across 15 institutions in the US, in Canada and Israel. And it was coordinated by MAPS, which is the the big multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. It's also the first FDA-approved phase three study of any psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Not even in the 60s did we get this far. And what it showed was really, really significant. In a sense, it confirmed what the earlier studies had shown, which is that when used in the context of a structured psychotherapy program, MDMA isn't just safe for the use with people suffering from PTSD. It's actually incredibly effective and it delivers kind of markedly improved outcomes for patients. And this is incredibly significant. Can you tell me a bit more about PTSD? What is it like for a person who has it and and why researchers looking at MDMA as a way to treat it? People with PTSD suffer from a whole range of symptoms. You know, they they have the flashbacks that we know about. They have crippling anxiety. They have depression. They have mood swings. They have feelings of agitation and terror, a whole lot of kind of avoidance behaviours that they engage in. And PTSD happens when we kind of get overloaded by an experience. What happens is that, you know, an experience is so traumatic, it's so shocking, it's so frightening that it kind of overstimulates the parts of our brain that govern fear responses. And the kind of memories that come from that, those kind of experiences, they get laid down in our limbic system, which is the part of our brain that manages emotions. And what that means is that whenever we come into contact with the thing that triggered 
anything that reminds us of the original trauma, suddenly we have this kind of collapsing of time almost where suddenly we're thrown straight back into the experience. I think in our culture we tend to link it a lot with the experiences of military personnel. What did they do to you in that war? What happened to you? You need help, Ronnie. You need God, help. You need help. Particularly if you're my age because there are all endless movies in the 80s and 90s about Vietnam vets. Back there I could fly a gunship. I could drive a tank. I was in charge of million-dollar equipment. Back here, I can't even hold the job. Fucking guys! But it's something that's much more widespread than that. You know, it, it can be caused by all kinds of traumatic events. You know, a very large number of PTSD sufferers are people who've suffered various kinds of sexual assault and sexual abuse. You know, so it, it's a dreadful condition for the people who the people who suffer it. Now, there's what they call the gold standard treatment is what they call exposure therapy, and exposure therapy works by basically bringing people into contact in a controlled way with the source of the trauma. And what happens is you reprocess the memories. And so what you do is you lay them down as more normal memories. You get them out of the kind of emotional things. So the problem is that for a significant minority of people who've got PTSD, exposure therapy is just too hard. The process of actually approaching their trauma, the process of actually trying to kind of deal with it is so incredibly overwhelming that, you know, they end up re-traumatised or they just, they just can't do it and they drop out of the treatment program. They just can't deal with it. They can't go there. And that's where MDMA comes in. Mm. And so what is it about MDMA then that makes it useful in this space? How does it help? The way MDMA works is that it triggers the release of serotonin and dopamine in the brain. And that creates these kind of feelings of well-being and happiness and they and reduces anxiety in the brain. And it also increases the levels of oxytocin, which is a, a, the hormone that kind of handles bonding and relationship building. And so what the research has said to me is that if you give people, and people with PTSD have this overactive fear response, but if you give them, them MDMA, it suppresses that fear response. It brings down all of these kind of triggers for anxiety. Once you've got people into that state, it allows them to kind of engage in exposure therapy. So what they can do is they can actually approach the trauma, they can think about the trauma, they can talk about it without it triggering these incredibly powerful responses. And that allows them to actually do what they need to do, which is to kind of reprocess the memories and to kind of go through the process that's too hard for them otherwise. Mm. Okay, so MDMA essentially creates the conditions where people can revisit trauma and process it properly, and that's especially useful, it sounds like, for people who are so traumatised that that doing it without any kind of help is just too overwhelming. So can you tell me about how this is playing out in the research? Is, this, is it successful when, when people are undertaking this in a clinical environment? Yeah, it's been incredibly successful and that's what was so fascinating about this big study that's just been done. So there have been a number of small studies which showed really great results. And, and one thing that I do need to emphasise here is it's not like you give people the drug and they get better. What people are doing is coming in for some sessions with therapists, they do three long sessions with the MDMA and then they come out the other end. But the results were really startling. I mean, they had people who just did three of these MDMA sessions 
88% of the patients experienced a meaningful reduction in symptoms and two-thirds of them no longer qualified for a diagnosis. And the thing that's really exciting about this is that because of the way exposure therapy works, because of the way this MDMA therapy works, this isn't about managing symptoms. What happens is once you've reprocessed the memories, you're actually cured. The PTSD goes away. You know, so this is, this is not just a management regime. This is actually a, a cure. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. James, we're talking about how MDMA can be used to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, and there seems to be real momentum for this research overseas, but what about here in Australia? Yeah. Look, so Australian universities and other organisations have been really slow on the uptake of this stuff, and look, that has changed. There's, there's various things kind of in motion now, but we've been a long way behind the curve on this. I get up to 100 emails a week from people asking, how do I access this, this treatment? I spoke to Dr Stephen Bright, who's a psychologist at Edith Cowan University, and he, he said that, look, the issue we have in Australia is that Australia, Australia's drug policy generally is incredibly conservative. Where in the US, you can access MDMA treatment outside of clinical trials through a compassionate access scheme. And, you know, we, we can't do that in Australia. The limitation is that the, the government still sees MDMA as the same as heroin. It's, it's, it doesn't see it any differently. Um, the t- so we have these very kind of conservative attitudes to drugs at an official level in Australia. And he said to me, look, you know, we, we talk a lot about harm minimisation when we talk about drug policy in Australia. But his view is we need to stop talking about harm minimisation and actually start talking, you know, shift the dial completely, start talking about benefit maximisation. What are the things we can actually do? You know, what can we take from looking at this group of people who are using drugs? We've got excellent public health care services that are going to need a bit of persuasion because there's a lot of conservatism there, you know, in terms of whether or not this is just a bunch of hippies pushing MDMA. But we have some really good practitioners working in the public health system who can ensure that that these treatments uh, are delivered in a safe manner, that they're done in a way that maximises... Stephen's been pushing along with various other people, to actually get Australian studies into MDMA therapy off the ground. And, you know, he's finally been successful. It's taken a long time, but they've got a study that he's one of the lead investigators on a study that they're doing at Edith Cowan University later this year. Uh, It'll be the first study into the use of MDMA therapy for PTSD in Australia. 
it's a huge step in the Australian context because, you know, we've, we've been trying for 10 years. This is the third attempt and it will be the first time in Australia that an Australian participant or patient has been administered MDMA in a regulated clinical trial. Mm. Can you tell me about the trial? What's it going to focus on? Yeah, look, it's quite a small trial and it's, you know, in a sense it'll be replicating some of what's been done overseas. But the thing I found really fascinating was that Steve Bright got into these questions around MDMA because he's actually a a psychologist who's worked for years in substance use disorders. And so what he said he began to find was that there was this kind of revolving door that he was stuck in with his patients. And we see, we sort of patch them up, send them back out on their way, and we see them again in three months' time. It does feel like this revolving door of people. And so what initially sparked my interest in this was the data itself. I was at a conference. So he became interested in the research from overseas because it seemed to show a way of actually kind of breaking out of that cycle, of actually getting, you know, he was saying, look, if we could deal with people's PTSD, perhaps we could deal with some of these substance use disorders. But I just thought this is the sort of new treatment that we need in our AOD services so that we can treat the trauma and the substance use issues at the same time because what often happens... That, that was really, really interesting to me, that link between trauma and addiction and the idea that MDMA might be one of our ways to transform treatment of lots of kind of substance use disorders. And James, right now MDMA, it's still classified as an illegal drug and that doesn't seem like something that's likely to change anytime soon. But given the success of these trials and the potential to improve people's lives, do you think that we might see MDMA approved as a form of therapy here in Australia at, at some point? Look, it's a way off yet. But one thing Steve said to me, and I think he's right, is that the public are a really long way ahead of politicians and regulators on this. People all over our community have mental health problems and they recognise that the treatments we have aren't working. There's a real kind of hunger for for things that will actually deal with the things that we can't deal with at the moment. I also think there's been some change at an official level. The Association of Australian Medical Research Institutes has a medical research future fund and they've just allocated 15 million dollars to research into innovative mental health therapies which is essentially mdma and psychedelics and in fact we're actually the only the the second country in the world that's put government money into this research in in europe and america they may well be using mdma for ptsd within a couple of years we're nowhere near that But trials like Stephen's and the research overseas and the experience overseas continues to grow. You're going to see a push for it here as well. James, thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating. Thanks, Ruby. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. 
Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, in a press conference on Sunday afternoon, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that former Attorney General Christian Porter had stepped down as Industry and Science Minister. The ministerial reshuffle follows revelations that Porter's legal fees in a recent defamation case against the ABC were paid by anonymous donors. And the Victorian government has unveiled its roadmap out of the state's lockdown, announcing plans to ease restrictions when 70% of the population is fully vaccinated. That's expected to occur on October 26. From that date, outdoor hospitality can reopen and public gatherings will be capped at 50 people. The next trigger for restrictions easing will be when 80% of the population is fully vaccinated. At that point, home visits will be re-allowed and all retail and hospitality will reopen with density limits. However, modelling released by the government estimates that daily new case numbers could peak at over 1,400 and hospitals could be at moderate risk of reaching capacity. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.